Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast. Good morning. So, so one of the things I'm a little nervous about sometimes when I arrive at a church is how the music is going to be. Because when the music is this good, where are you? Where's our musicians? Yeah. When the music is this good, I don't have to worry about my talk. Because if I fall on my face, you're going to remember the music and not me. And isn't that a good thing? Because it's that music that moves our heart, right? Yeah, and it, it opens our heart. And I, I feel, feel so open and so present to each of you. So <laughs> Jane and I had this interesting interaction by email. I didn't remember if I was told what I was going to talk about or what. And so we, we made this up on the fly, didn't we? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to come down here because I, I use a lot of slides. And um, sometimes I see people using their cell phones to take pictures of the slides. That's fine. And I also will provide them in the back. I have an email list. You put your name, your email. I'll send you both the PowerPoint and the PDF of the slides. Because some of these quotes that I found in the writings of Myrtle and Charles Fillmore are really astounding especially when, when you put them in the context of when they were written in, in the late 1800s and into the 1900s, really prior to 1948. And their thinking was so advanced that in some ways we haven't even grasped a lot of what they're talking about. So I'm going to talk to you about metal what, because we, we throw this word metaphysics around. I'm going to start with just a few definitions to get us all on the same page. So meta, in the word metaphysics, means situated behind or beyond. And Merle and Charles were always talking about how, how the principles and laws of, of the unity teachings lie back of or interpenetrate or lay, are, are beyond our physical existence and yet in some way govern our physical assist, existence. So physics is a science that deals with matter and energy and their interactions. So, so we're looking at, at, at those principles and laws that lie back of physics, the physical universe. Let me see where I got to go here. Did I turn this off? No. I'm not. Oh, did it go? Yes. Okay. So metaphysics is a division of philosophy that is concerned with the fundamental nature of the reality of being. So it also deals with the reality of your being, and I like to say the reality of your beingness, and I'll get into that later. And in unity metaphysics, it's, it's a systematic study of the science of being, I prefer to say of being this, because God is not a being, God is being. You hear this distinction? It's really, really important to understand that. That which transcends the physical. And so I also like to say unity metaphysics is our fancy word for theology. So <laughs> unity people, because we don't believe in dogma and doctrine, we want to stay away from the word theology because that word is connected to that, right? For most of us, it was in my life, was it in yours? Yeah. So, so really, unity metaphysics is our name of a spiritual philosophy. And I think these teachings are, are so much bigger than simply spiritual. I like to think, think of them being universal, universal, okay? And so, 
I'm often asked, since I'm kind of one of the authorities of unity metaphysics, what do you say to somebody when they ask you about unity? Well, when I was a newbie, I would always share about what it wasn't. <laughs> anybody do that? Well, it's not this, it's not that. But I found this simple way of saying, saying it, unity is a spiritual or universal philosophy I use to create a happier life and be a better person. And don't we all want that? And hopefully, then, that becomes a statement that opens a door. Okay, but it's not complicated. It doesn't dig into the details. But it, it talks about the outcome. What's in it for you? And we're all here for that. What's in it for you? And unity metaphysics is all about that. Because the, the teachings and the principles and the laws are all about what we use to be ourselves. And then Charles, in this, this wonderful pamphlet, Pure Reason and Honest Logic, said this, Unity has no dogmas nor creeds, nor are its students expected to believe anything which they cannot logically demonstrate or to be true. Have you ever heard that in any other spiritual tradition? So I'm kind of an intellectual guy. I had, to, I had to find my feeling nature along the way. It was like it didn't exist when I was younger. But one of the things I loved about unity is, is that we do not expect you to check your brain cell in the lobby when you come in here, right? We, don't want, we, we want you to bring your, your intellect and your feeling nature into the room. We want you to dig into this. We don't want you to take this stuff because I said it or because Myrtle and Charles said it. We want you to grab a hold of this get an understanding of it, and then go out into the world and demonstrate it. Often we get so focused on changing ourselves, we forget that we're changing ourselves so we can go out and change the world, right? right. Yeah, yeah. And so the one thing I, I've already known about this congregation is you're really all about both. You reach out to the world. And, and that you're a welcoming congregation and that you're intergenerational is amazing. So, talk about amazing. So, that white thing in the center is a galaxy. You've seen these, right? It's a galaxy. It contains billions of stars which have billions of planets, right? I mean, what? And then in the upper left-hand corner, that is not a picture of individual galaxies. The, the, those are galaxies of galaxies, so to speak. Blow our mind again, right? So, so all of our science is showing us that our physical universe is infinite and has no end. And, 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 and then from our traditional theology, we have that there, there was a beginning, and yet science is showing us that there are big bangs before the big bang we're living in. So what that means to me is, is, that, is that this physical universe that we live in maybe has no beginning, no end, and that it's infinite. And then we have us in the lower right corner. Here we are. In some ways, we look at this and we do the comparison and go, oh, 
We're so insignificant. Yeah, maybe as a physical entity in a way, but your mind is unlimited in potential. Have you ever thought about that? And so we have this teaching. There is only one presence, or one power and one presence of the universe and in my life. Have you heard of that? Okay, so what's really interesting about this is a lot of people from a traditional theology can read this and what they're also saying, and I'm not it. Okay? Because in my traditional upbringing, I was some insignificant something that was a stepchild, and I was never going to be good enough. What unity says is there's only one power and one presence in the universe, and guess what? Tag, you're it in some way or same, some form. If you believe the power you have and the presence you have is somehow different from this one power and one presence, now you're in a, in a universe that has an opposing power. And unity does not believe in opposing power. All the power you are, all the presence you are, is the divine. And Charles Fillmore said this, there is only one power, and if you send it out in hate, it destroys. If you send it out in love, it builds. There are not two powers. And see, this, what makes you, this is what makes you so significant in this unlimited universe, is because you are the chooser of how you use this power. Yes? Yeah. And so we know there's a physical universe because of the five senses, and this physical universe you know is changing. Yeah? yeah? You've noticed that, right? And it's made up of matter and things, events, space and time, and measurable. And then there's this something else that's changing, your mind. Do you notice that? Yeah, and aren't you glad you can change your mind? In fact, that's been defined as grace in some ways. That no matter how you use your power in a negative way a moment ago, you can change your mind. That's what metaphysics teaches us. That's what's in it for you. And so we have this changing physical realm and this changing non-physical realm. But underlying it all is an unchanging realm of constants and laws. We learned about them in science but we don't really learn about them in science, about how that operates at the level of our mind. You see, unity metaphysics is all about the principles and laws of mind, the principles and laws of consciousness. And as long as we keep that big and vague, nothing happens, because we all know what happens in vagueness stays in vagueness, right? Yeah. It's very important to know that. If you can't name a principle, you're not using it consciously. If you don't know thoughts held in mind produce after their kind, they grow in your consciousness, you're using it unconsciously. And maybe getting those untoward results you really never intended. So, 
Before I found unity, I thought I was just a who. Who I am. A mind with a body. Anybody, anybody think that in their lifetime? I'm, I'm just a who. I'm a personality and a body. But Charles says our dominion is over our own thoughts, emotions, and passions. Do you know that, and do you get the impact of that? Do you see, there's no person, no thing that can cause you to think or feel anything despite what the world is telling you. Despite the reporter that goes up to somebody and says, how did that make you feel? Well, nothing can make you feel anything but you. You are using God power at the point of you to decide what you think and feel all the time. Why is this important? It's important because it's a, it's a statement of freedom. That there's no event that can make me think or feel anything despite how we're making it up. And I ran into this book Imelda Shanklin wrote called What Are You? in the early 80s when I was still living in Puerto Rico. It's an amazing book. This is the first time I realized I was more than a who. My traditional theology told me I'm a who. The thing is, our second principle says human beings have a spark of divinity within them, the Christ spirit within. Their very essence is of God, and therefore they are also inherently good. Do you know that? Okay? But I have to tell you, that fifth principle, when I went back into the writings, was a downgrade from what they were teaching in the beginning. Charles said this. This is in like 1910. Individualize yourself in the highest degree by affirming that in spirit and in truth, you are all that God is. This is true of everyone in our spiritual nature. You're what? You are all that God is. You see, we think of God in like a three-dimensional world that we got a piece of God in each of us, and, and, and there's a drop of the divine in me, or I'm a wave. No, you're it. The totality of the principle of love that this church celebrates is at the point of you, all of it. You may not be using all of it, but all of it, all the divine is at the point of you. It doesn't occupy space like your body does. Does an idea occupy space? No. And then he said this, you know, the ego gets a bad rap today. In fact, for many people, when they've let go of the devil, now the ego becomes the devil. Have you noticed that? And isn't it egotistical to try to kill off your ego? <laughs> What? Where do we get this stuff? You have a perfectly healthy ego that has some adverse ideas. In fact, I believe it was your ego that got you here this morning. It's your ego that decides to sit down and pray. It's your ego that decides to meditate. Charles said this, the ego is the I. The ego is each of us. And by reason of our divinity, by reason of your divinity, you are divine. Not by reason of the drop of your divinity, or not by reason that you're part of the divine. By reason of the divinity, 
We make and remake ourselves as we will. Have you noticed that? If you don't like yourself right now, because of the divine you are, you can remake yourself. You're not stuck with saying, well, I'm only human. Take me as I am. And you don't even like you as you am. You see what I'm saying? You're going to like yourself more when you realize that the totality of the divine is at the point of you, okay? But Charles wisely goes on to say, after he said, we make and remake ourselves as we will, in this lie our greatest strength and our greatest weakness. Just because you are the divine doesn't mean you cannot use your divinity in negative ways. If you send that power out in hate, it what? Destroys. All right. If you don't press the button right, you get nothing. Next slide. So you see, I'm a who, and I'm divine. I'm a what? Are we going the right direction? Okay, we can pass that. Okay. So now we got to talk about what this divine is, because that's a vague word, isn't it? Use your divinities. <clears throat> Sounds good, feels good, but what can you do with it? So Myrtle said this, rather than holding to the view that God is a personal being with parts like a man, at which point I'm sure she winked. A being subject to change and capable of varying moods. Is that the God you had as a child? That's the God. My God was moody. Okay? And my God punished me when I thought I did good and rewarded me when I thought I'd, I was confused. Okay? But no, she says, not capable of varying moods. Then she says, God is it, not he, not she. God is it, neither male nor female, but principle. Now we're getting to something more definable, more usable. Charles agrees. He said, by the term mind, we mean God, the universal principle, which includes all principles. And principles are divine. Have you heard of divine ideas? Yeah. So principles are divine ideas. Divine ideas are powers. Powers are principles. So we have these three words for this stuff, this mind stuff, capital M mind stuff, principle, divine idea, and power. So to help you, here are a few of the principles. There's 12 of them. Have you heard of the 12 powers? These are 12 innate capacities within you. When you know what they are, you can use them consciously, and you can use them to create that better life and the better you. And I've put names on the end of them because I like to think of them as a team in my consciousness, and I'm the coach, okay? And they're all playing positions. And when I'm showing up weak, I call on my stalwart to help me be stronger. And then Charles said, humankind has all power and authority over all divine ideas. This turns this spiritual philosophy on its head. I just told you you had dominion authority over your thoughts and feelings, yes? Now Charles is telling you, you are the one that have power and authority over divine ideas. Divine ideas do not have power over you. So in a way, everyone take a deep breath. Your head might go, Poof. 
God doesn't use you. The divine doesn't use you. You use the divine. Radical. Divine ideas are potential forces waiting to be set in motion through a proper formative vehicle. The thinking faculty of humankind is such a vehicle, and it is through this that the visible universe has existence. Today, we would update that to your thinking and feeling nature. It's your thinking and feeling nature that's activating the divine ideas. Okay, so when I came across this quote, it's from 1923, I was looking for what was missing in Unity's prayer method because we did not seem to be having the results today that they reported back then. You with me? And I have a scientific mind. I said, if it was working then, it must work now. What happened over the decades? And so I went to the archivist and I said, Eric, what do you have that's early and not published about prayer and healing? And I thought this would take me years to find. But in the first lesson of this healing conference, this is what Charles says. God only does what humankind says God shall what God shall do. Radical, isn't it? God is our servant. What? I thought I was going to get struck by lightning when I read that. <laughs> Did you ever think of that, that this wonderful spirit of God of which everything is made is here at all times, is always present with us, and we are using that God? This church is into that way of thinking. That's what you're doing when you're putting a claim on that prayer statement. You're putting a demand on the divine ideas that you are, that the divine is. That's why it works. This is metaphysics. This is why it's so important. So we can clean it up by saying principle only does what humankind says principle shall do. Principle is our servant. Did you ever think of that? that this wonderful principle out of which everything is made is here at all times, is always present with us, and we are using that principle. And that's what my book's about. Use the truth you know. It's a list of the principles and divine ideas that Merle and Charles talked about, and then by the time we got to our age, we talk about them vaguely, and what happens in vagueness right? So we've got to know what those principles are. And you see, when, when you said this affirmation, I am wondrously infinite in finite ways, you are infinite because you are the divine, which is made up of these principles or divine ideas, and divine ideas have infinite potential. Did you realize that? So think about this. Every idea can be used by an unlimited number of people. Yes? Okay. How many times can it be used? And how many things can be produced from that idea? Infinite. Every divine idea is infinite potential that you get to use. And the cool thing about an idea, no matter how many times you use it, it doesn't change. It remains what it is. And if I share that idea with you, it seems to grow. And when I share it with you, I have less of it. No, that's what physical science tells us. When I share an idea with you, 
I keep the idea, and because I'm sharing it and activating that law of mind action, it's now growing bigger in my awareness. You see that? So, so important. Every idea and thought and feeling you share, you are making it bigger in you first. You've heard the saying, what you put out comes back is what we're taught, right? You're too late. Because what you put out is already in. You see that? What you put out is already in. And now that you're putting it out, you're sharing it with another. You're not having less of it. You're making it bigger in you. You don't have to wait for someone to bring it back to you because you are just now doing it to your consciousness. That's how powerful you are. That's why metaphysics is so important. So you are wondrously infinite. You're using the infinite divine ideas to express your finite self. And if you don't like your finite self, your personality, and your body right now, you can change it because you are divine. Right? So let's say this together. I am wondrously infinite in finite ways. Now let's say it with a little more authority, okay? Let's say it. I am wondrously infinite in finite ways. And then let's add that zeal. I am wondrously infinite in finite ways. And so you are, and so I am, and so it is. Thank you.